nurses, the story of the wrongful handcuffing and detention of a Utah nurse protecting the rights of a comatose patient has exploded all over the interwebs and on social media. In the aftermath of the case of nurse Alex Wubbles, what does it mean to stand your ground as a nurse? Let's talk about it right here on episode 125 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello, everyone. What's up? And welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. Thanks for being part of the Nurse Keith Nation, whether you're listening for the first time or you've been tuning in for months or years. This podcast is, of course, all about you and your nursing career. And I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. I'm a member of the Pulse Media Network at PulseMediaNetwork.com, along with RNFM Radio, Elizabeth Scala's Your Next Shift, the Gluten-Free RN, and Sarah Santa Croce's Introvert Biz Growth Podcast. Head over to PulseMediaNetwork.com to check them out. I want to remind you that you can help other people find the show by leaving a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as the Podcast Directory on iTunes. And can you do that for me, pretty please? That would be super helpful and super cool. And thank you so much for considering. Anyway, the show notes for this episode can be found at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 125. There'll be some helpful links in there. I'm really happy you're here and sincerely want to dig right into today's topic. So let's hop on into the studio and do just that. Folks, I assume most of you have heard the story somewhere of the Utah nurse, Alex Wubbles, who was wrongfully handcuffed and detained by police while literally standing her ground in defense of the privacy rights of a comatose patient, and this was in a university hospital in Salt Lake City. She was calmly and simply doing her job when she refused the officer's demands to draw blood for a, I believe it was a toxicology test, because they didn't have a warrant. The patient was not conscious, and it was completely against hospital protocol to draw blood in that particular circumstance. Now, the officers acted rudely, possibly illegally. It's all on video from both body cams and also security cameras at the hospital. So we have a raw view of what actually happened there. She was actually quite calm until they basically grabbed her and handcuffed her and manhandled her right out of the hospital and stuffed her into a police cruiser for 20 minutes while they figured out what to do. She had even been on the phone with her supervisor, and there were witnesses there. There were her peers and colleagues on the unit, and her supervisor told the police they were doing the wrong thing by threatening a nurse, but the police decided to do so anyway. So this situation obviously has caused an uproar on the interwebs and on social media and on the news. It's been everywhere. And Nurse Wubbles, to her credit, has actually been pretty chill about the whole thing. She received an apology from the police chief. I'm not sure if she received one from the officer himself who committed this egregious error. And 
It's been a really interesting journey for her and an interesting journey for the nursing profession to really look at this. And I'm sure hospitals and police departments are looking deeply at this situation as well. The ANA came out really strongly in favor of Nurse Wubbles in support of her actions and the actions of the hospital. And they came out equally strongly against the police department. So the American Nurses Association wrote, The ANA is outraged that a registered nurse was handcuffed and arrested by a police officer for following her hospital's policy and the law and is calling for the Salt Lake City Police Department to conduct a full investigation, make amends to the nurse, and take action to prevent future abuses. It is outrageous and unacceptable that a nurse should be treated in this way for following her professional duty to advocate on behalf of the patient, as well as following the policies of her employer and the law, said ANA President Pam Cipriano. So they go on to talk about the code of ethics for nurses with interpretive statements, that the nurse has to promote, advocate for, and protect the rights, health, and safety of the patient. And this particular nurse was doing just that in the course of her day. She had no idea that the police were going to react in this way. They should have just gone and gotten a warrant or whatever they had to do to make this actually be able to happen legally. And this has given us all pause regarding the relationship between law enforcement and the healthcare community. We are all community servants. We are serving to protect and advocate for the public. And healthcare and law enforcement generally do cooperate quite closely. And it turns out that the policy in this particular hospital had been drafted in cooperation with the Salt Lake City Police Department. And it was in reaction to a Supreme Court decision that came down against these warrantless blood draws and other diagnostic tests. So this is a really historic time for us to take a deep look at the system and to also take a deep look at our own practices and our own careers when it comes to needing to stand our ground no matter what the circumstance is. Now, some of you might remember the punk rock band The Clash, and their lead singer Joe Strummer once wrote and sang a song called Know Your Rights back in the early 1980s, and he really wasn't kidding. It is really about us cajoling ourselves and each other to know what our rights are in the different circumstances of our workplaces and knowing when it's appropriate to stand up to authority, to speak truth to power when the going gets tough and to protect and bear witness when our colleagues are doing the same. And I want to ask you this question. So if you had been in Nurse Wubble's position, would you have acted the same way? If you watch the video, and there's a link to a CNN post with the video embedded in it in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 125, what would you have done? Would you have handled it the same way? She was calm. She printed up the policy for the police officer and showed it to him. She got her supervisor on the phone on speaker so that the supervisor could speak with everyone at the same time. The supervisor backed her up, and then the police officer exploded and things devolved from there. Would you have done anything differently? And I also want to ask you the question, if you had been a witness, if you had been there at her side or 
somewhere in the unit and you came and saw this happening, what would you have done? Would you have gotten out your phone and started filming the interaction? How would you have interceded or supported her? I recommend in situations where you are witnessing aberrant behavior, potentially violent behavior, or anything else that you feel really needs to be recorded, get that smartphone out and get the video going, even if it involves the police. You really want to have a clear view of the situation. You want to have your microphone, make sure things are working so that you can get everything recorded. Because you know what? Police body cam footage can be altered. It can be deleted or somehow lost. And then we need the clear evidence of what actually happened, the unaltered evidence. You know what? In terms of your career, this also goes for bullying behavior. It also goes for all sorts of aberrant behavior that goes on in healthcare. And you need to make sure you protect yourself and get video footage or audio when appropriate. And also, like my friend Renee Thompson says, if you witness bullying, whether by a doctor, a nurse, a physical therapist, it doesn't really matter. When you witness bullying, the first thing to do is to document what happened. You need the names of the witnesses to that incident. You need to document the time and place and date. You need to get witness statements in writing or on video or audio if possible. And then you need to make sure that everyone who was there agrees on the course of events and what happened. Documentation is extremely important when it comes to bullying and negative behavior in the workplace. And getting back to Nurse Wubble's situation up in Salt Lake City, when we look at what happened to her and we look at your career in relation to what happened to her, it is really in the best interest of your career and the nursing license you worked so hard to get and keep to be as familiar as possible with all of the policies of your facility, whatever it is you work and whatever type of nursing you do. And you also need to know the laws and regulations and the details of the Nurse Practice Act in your state so that you're aware of what your protections, rights, and responsibilities are. That's a lot of jurisprudence to have to wade through, but it is quite important, especially in light of what happened with Nurse Wubbles. So I listed some questions in the show notes for you, and I think it's really important to consider these. One, what agreements does your facility have with local law enforcement regarding patient testing? Number two, do you know your rights as a healthcare professional, especially in relation to interfacing with law enforcement? That is really important. Number three, if inmates are being brought into your facility for care, what are the issues you need to understand? And I'm mentioning inmates because of the situation earlier this year with a nurse who was caring for an inmate who wasn't restrained properly, and he ended up holding her hostage, raping her, beating her until she could actually be rescued. So that is something you need to be aware of as well. Also, what guidelines are in place when you have interactions, for instance, with law enforcement, what are you supposed to do? Who are you supposed to contact? And what players need to be brought into that conversation? Next, 
Have you or a colleague ever experienced something like this in the past? And what can you learn from what happened then compared to what you know now and what you've seen with the Salt Lake City situation? Would you have done anything differently in the past when you've had this sort of interaction or situation? And how will you prepare for the future? I also want to ask you this question. How important is your license to you? How important is it that you protect it with every fiber of your being so that no one can possibly take it away from you because you acted inappropriately in a situation or you did something that maybe was against the practice act or the policies of your hospital? If a law enforcement officer comes into your facility and demands that you do a particular thing, don't feel like that law enforcement officer has the power to supersede any of the regulations in your facility and any of the regulations or policies or laws governing your actions as a nurse. Make sure you know what it is you need to do, when you need to do it, and how to go about documenting and backing up your decisions so that you protect your license and your profession and your well-being. So folks, understanding where to draw the line and where to stand your ground is super important. If you're having a situation with, let's say, a belligerent patient, or maybe an upset or belligerent family member of a patient, how do you know where to draw the line? How do you know when to stand your ground? And how do you know when to just walk away? We've probably all been enraged by a patient or a colleague or a family member of a patient at some point in the course of our careers. Some of us have probably lost it periodically because, let's face it, healthcare is stressful and nursing is stressful and really challenging. We need to make sure that we have control of our emotions, that we have control of our reactions so that we don't, one, fly off the handle. And two, we don't give in like to a police officer demanding something that he shouldn't be and that we walk the line and understand that we need to act in accordance with our profession and what we're called to do. Now, when you're reacting in a situation, I learned this very interesting technique that I wanted to share with you. If you're in a very emotional situation, let's say nurse wobble situation, for instance, there's some questions you can ask yourself. And this goes for even when you're having, a, let's say, a disagreement with your spouse or your boss or your best friend or your teenage child. First, you ask yourself, what's the reaction I'm having right now? What am I feeling? The next question you ask yourself is, what's the exact opposite of the reaction I'm having right now? Then the third question you ask yourself is, what's in the exact middle between how I'm feeling and its exact opposite? And then the fourth question you ask yourself is, what are all of the other possibilities and ways in which I could react if I chose to? What this does is it puts a stop to your immediate reaction, to your amygdala hijacking, to the cortisol that's coursing through your blood, gives you a chance to step back take a breath and consider the situation, maybe ratchet it down a couple notches and consider your options. Now, if you watch this video of Nurse Wubbles, you'll see that she handled it quite well. She was quite calm. And the only reason she started screaming was when the officer put her in a bear hug and handcuffed her and started pulling her out of the unit 
out of the building and into the police cruiser. So she handled it quite well. She stayed pretty cool as a cucumber until the time when they actually approached her and started basically manhandling her out of the building. So if you were in that type of situation, how would you keep your cool? If you know you have issues with anger, for instance, with reacting over the top to a situation, learn these techniques or similar techniques for being able to keep your cool, to stay chill, and to be able to de-escalate situations when you can. This, my friends, is really in the interest of your career, keeping your license, keeping your cool, and not burning any bridges professionally, and staying in that professional role without getting hijacked by your emotions, even in the most difficult situations. Now, it might be a cliche to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, that if you're not outraged by what happened to Nurse Wubbles, you're not paying attention. If you're not outraged by what happened to the nurse who was held hostage and raped and beaten in the hospital when caring for an inmate, you're not paying attention. So when these things happen, they're wake-up calls. Now, we don't have to go marching in the streets, and we don't have to start picketing at our local law enforcement agency, and we don't have to go marching down anywhere, but we need to pay attention because what happened to Nurse Wubbles in Utah could happen to you. It could happen to me. It could happen to any of us. And there's one more little piece I need to add in here, and this might be a little controversial, but I'm going to do it anyway, is that We know that there are issues with race happening right now all over the country. With the rise of white nationalists, with what happened in Charlottesville, there's tension in the air in this country right now. And we need to consider, if Nurse Wubbles was a person of color, would she have been treated differently by the police officers than she was in this situation? Would she have been more than simply handcuffed and stuffed into a police cruiser? Would she actually have been arrested? Would she be treated more poorly? Would there have been more, let's say, physical treatment of her that was uncalled for? We need to really look at these issues as well, because face it, there are lots of nurses of color and healthcare professionals of color. And those of us who are not people of color who work in the healthcare system need to be their allies in whatever way that means to you. So this is good to talk about. It's good to talk about in your workplace. Bring it out in the open and consider what you would do and how you would protect one another from these sorts of situations and make sure that everyone is treated fairly. I just had to bring that up, folks. I know it's a pretty fraught issue, but it's absolutely worth mentioning. Meanwhile, Nurses face the potential for bullying from their peers. We sometimes call that lateral violence or horizontal violence. There's bullying and intimidation by physicians and other colleagues. We also face situations, like I said, with family members and patients where we are really tried, where we are really pushed to our edge, and that is really uncomfortable. So Nurse Wubbles is not a martyr. She's not the leader of this huge movement. Remember that show me your stethoscope movement that happened after the people 
on The View television show talked about a nurse wearing a doctor's stethoscope. Well, this has blown up in a similar way, but this is a much more important issue. We need to make sure that we understand what's happening right now and that we pay attention to the ways that our workplaces are reacting to this situation. Now, if the conversation about the Utah scenario hasn't played out at your workplace, I recommend you bring it up. I recommend you talk with your superiors about the agreements between law enforcement and your facility where you work and make sure that there's mutual understanding about what the parameters are. Nurses, these incidents, we can use them as markers. These are watershed moments, and this helps us understand what's possible, the things that could happen our potential responses and the responses of our employers in the places where we work. We can use it as an example of what we still don't know and the things we still need to learn and the stuff that we really need to understand so that we can protect our patients, protect our profession, and protect our licenses. So folks, ask your employer for information, talk to your team members and colleagues, Talk to local law enforcement. Understand this in the interest of your career. This, I feel, is a really important moment in time for us to reflect on the issues that impact our work as nurses and the ways in which we interface with so many other parties involved in healthcare and the service of the public. Well, there you have it, folks. Thanks for listening to episode 125. This was a tough one to talk about and a tough one to write about, but I think it's important. I want you to feel uplifted and empowered from this episode, and I really want you to take some inspired action so you understand these issues that are so important for a profession and so important for your career. Now, did you know that you could become a patron of The Nurse Keith Show? That's right. Listener Scott Sullivan recently became a patron of The Nurse Keith Show. So did Bradley Sandoval and Christine Robertson. They just got some gifts sent to them in the mail. And I'm so grateful to them for pledging their monthly support for the production of The Nurse Keith Show. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith to learn more about the gifts you can receive, and the help you can give to continue to support The Nurse Keith Show and being produced and getting out there to as many nurses as possible. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell of thepodcastinggroup.com, and social media and promotion are handled by Mark Cappiespeason. My hat's off to both Mark and Tim for their awesome work. I really, really couldn't do that without them. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. Head over to Facebook, look me up, Nurse Keith Coaching. I'm also Nurse Keith Coaching on Instagram and at Nurse Keith on Twitter. Folks, I want you to stay positive, care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and tune in again as we explore how to make your nursing career more satisfying and inspired than you ever imagined. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. And adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. 